0: they have taught me. I've been coming here, um, I don't even know, 10 plus years. Uh, I remember the stage was over there and it looked a lot different. I don't, you know, it's weird. Why? When I showed up here, I'm telling you, it's amazing I stayed. It really is, isn't it? I mean, this place was, uh, you know, the worship team, they all sang beautifully in different keys. You know, (laughs) you know, it was, um, I'm sure, I'm sure to God it was beautiful, you know, but you had to just get through it, but I'll tell you something, I had (laughs) some major, (laughs) that sounds terrible, doesn't it? You know what's funny? What I had to get over was myself, right? Because I had an opinion, and I came in with an opinion. I was this kind of smug 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old, I could play guitar, so Here I was playing guitar on a worship team, and it's funny because I thought I was pretty good. Uh, And then I realized I can't even read music. (laughs) I I literally had a man up there that was teaching me how to play. Um, I've learned so much being here, and a lot of it was getting over who I am, my background, where I come from, dying to ideas that were built in my mind, dying to things that were ingrained in my identity of who I am, even as deep as the blood that runs in my veins, right? Um, I want to say a massive thank you to you guys because this, this is a place where I indeed gave my life back to Jesus Christ. I was, yeah, it's wor- uh, it, he's, worth, it is, he's worthy of the praise. I was standing somewhere here, all the chairs face that way. I'm going to just, I'm going to give you a just real quick story here, and then we're going to get into this. But I'll never forget, I was lost, and I, I was coming out of atheism, so I didn't even believe really in God. There, this is, there was a point in my life where I was literally, I mean, in the air, middle fingers, I didn't care. I didn't believe he was even there, okay? Well... God through a series of incredible events. Next thing you know, I'm showing up to this church because my wife said, well, you don't really know what you believe and you say you believe all these different things. If you think Jesus is cool, I mean, just go to church. (laughs) Okay, cool, I'll go. She at the time was working as a waitress. So I came up here and at the time I just had one kid, (laughs) believe it or not. (laughs) I have seven now. Praise God. And you know what? I want more. I want more. People are like, what? I serve a big God. Big. I'm standing over here. Have you guys seen? Do you guys know Meadow? Do you know my daughter Meadow? She looks just like Lily, my oldest, when Lily was little. So if you can envision me, I was holding Meadow, but it was Lily. And they were singing out of key. <laughs> Yahweh. Yahweh. And I was singing with them. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just singing with them. And I just, I just felt a hand touch me. And I felt, I say felt because it's right here, right? When he speaks to us, it's deep and it's still and it's quiet. He doesn't have to fight the noise, right? And I heard, Welcome home. I've been waiting. And I was just there, just praising him. I, Yahweh. You know that? I am that I am. Let's get into this. Mark, I love you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Let's go to this thought, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lace my testimony in with it. When I confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, I would have, first of all, th- this thought, there's something that happens when you make this confession. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Right? Something happens. We make a confession with our mouth. And let's think about just what we're doing here. We're talking to a guy we can't see. Right? We're talking to somebody we can't see. We are already stepping in faith. The first time I ever confessed Jesus Christ is Lord. (laughs) I used to say it was right after 9-11 happened. Because that was, in fact, that Sunday, you better believe, this dude who was in high school was like, where's church at? I'm going. I need to go. God reminded me very recently of actually an earlier time where I made this confession. I was a little boy. I was probably six or seven years old. And I remember the lady who did it, Robin Gibson, who later in my life, God has actually... (laughs) Reacclimated me with, and we have the relationship. She runs a camp in Ackworth called Camp Gideon, and they raise him up. When I made this confession as a young boy, I, was, I remember this is what was said. This Jesus that I have, you can have him too. If you would just confess that he came, he died, he was resurrected on the third day, and now... Guess what? He sits at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. When we make this confession, we are, in fact, born again. And when we are born again, it is not with corruptible seed. It is with incorruptible seed. Let's go to our first scripture. 1 Peter 1, 22 through 25. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again and of not of corruptible, but incorruptible; not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because this is this is amazing. This is so beautiful. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of the man is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel has preached to you. This being born again, do you know that when we open our eyes in this reality, when we are born, we are not born of an incorruptible seed. We are a product of our father and our mother coming together, and we are born of the same seed as Adam. This is the corruptible seed. This is the seed that is going to fade away. This body is going to perish. When we make this confession, we're reborn again. Are we given a new body right now? No. We are born again by the Spirit of God that is sealed in us. Let's look at this word incorruptible just to emphasize what exactly I'm talking about. Athartos. <laughs> Does that sound just like the guy in the Bible app? Because that's what I did. Boop, boop. Athartos. I don't know. I don't know, but I'll tell you what it means. Uncorrupted, not liable to corruption, immortal of the risen dead. See, there was a prophecy that was given in the book of Genesis whenever Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And it says, God said, look, woman, you are going, the seed that comes from you, and I'm, there is another seed that is coming. One seed is the serpent. One seed is of death. That death is going to strike the heel of this seed. But this other seed is, in fact, going to crush the head of that serpent seed, and it is going to extinguish it. Do you know that's what happened? Guess what? It already happened. It's happened. It's happening. It's happening. It will not stop. So when you're born again, now you are born of something that is not like what you see on this earth. Nothing on this earth is going to display what you are now born of. You are born of the Spirit. We have a new identity now. We have a new nature Let's let's go to this next slide. We have new identity in Christ. The old nature must be crucified. Whoa. Whoa. We got to do something about this. Because when I said that as a five-year-old boy, six-year-old boy, guess what I did Even after running to church in high school, after planes destroyed these buildings in front of me, I was terrified. 9-11 happened that Sunday. I was running. I needed answers. So I ended up confessing again, like, please have me back. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know that I had been born again. When I was that 5-year-old boy, I was just like, I want it. I don't know what it entails, but I want it. I made the confession. I made it. And that day when I made this confession again, i meant a Baptist church, right? Woodstock First Baptist. You ever seen it? You can see it from here if you look. It's huge. <laughs> Praise God. Even after that moment, Which happened in middle school, I remember I made it again like I said it. Maybe the first time in a a long time, maybe the first time since I was six, I just said it again. I was desperate, I was scared, but I wanted something, and I went to the thing that I thought had the answer. And yet again, I remember changing in that moment. I remember, like, thinking, I feel like an alien around my friends right now because something in me is different, and they keep wanting to do the same things that they were doing, but I want to do something else. But you know what I didn't have? I didn't have somebody to pour into me. I didn't have people around me to water this seed that I've been born from. You know, there—some come to water, some are planting. Right? Guess who's in charge of the condition of your soil? Huh? Because where's that seed go? It goes to your heart, right? Guess who's in control of the soil? It's your heart. I have a new identity. Those two weeks went by pretty quick after I made that confession, and I was pretty much right back to the things I was doing before. <laughs> because Jesus already gave me that answer when he told me the story about the parable of the sower. That, that seed gets scattered. And if we aren't out there building them up, pouring in, giving them truth... Not just things that we think sound good, but in fact, the word of God that is forever. I became an atheist after that. Really, just because I thought it was cool. (laughs) Man, that's you know what? Atheists got more faith than I got, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, there was just nothing, and now there's something. No, there is a grand design. Everywhere you look, you can break things down from the macro to the micro, and you will see the handprint of God on everything. Scientists are scrambling. What do we do? Let's dig deeper. Let's find what's an atom made of. Every time they dig, guess what? They don't know. It looks like it's just a bunch of vibration. wonder what that means. Let there be light! I'm sorry. Tell you what it is. It's the voice of God. Let's read some Bible, praise God. Romans 6. We know, I I want you guys to know this. This stuff that I'm telling you right now isn't a good idea. It's the Word of God. This stuff. I want you to know it because we are supposed to walk this thing out. This is not to make you go home and feel better about yourself, but in fact, you should be challenged tonight to live in this new nature because I think we all kind of live in this place where we got to just keep battling it, but that's really not what I read when I read my word. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives, okay? We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. we got to live with him. We've got to live with his hand in mine, not just here, there. Maybe a month from now. I got more testimony to tell you because I've walked this thing out. And I'm telling you, this is the truth. Let's, let's read another one. Romans six eleven through 13. So you should consider yourselves to be dead. To the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. God, help me. (laughs) Hmm. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely. Completely to God. What are you holding on to right now? Cuz I guarantee you it's in your mind. You're thinking of it. That's the thing we're talking completely. All of it. He gave it all. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right in the glory of God. I'm going to hit this thing one more time first Corinthians Okay, this is, look, when I went to go look for these scriptures, it was pretty hard to pick just one. There's a billion, not really, but seriously, you go read the letters, this thing is hammered into the heads of those that confessed. You made a confession, let me tell you what you just confessed. Are you ready to die? Are you ready to take the double-edged sword of the Word of God and plunge it into your own? That sounds brutal, right? No, dude. This flesh is going to be gone. I should be able to translate and know my Father so well that I just step out and step into Him. I should walk with Him that way. But someone may ask you, how will the dead be raised? You're looking at them. What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. Praise God. Did you hear that? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant until it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, that little seed's going to turn into something else. But only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body He wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. You're born again. You're born again. But this time it's not the seed of your ancestors. This is the seed of God. You make a confession. Think about this. It is literally, I'm talking to a guy I can't see. And I'm telling him to have my life. Take my life. What does it mean? This is what it means. Something supernatural occurred. Something happened that you are not going to be able to process with your senses. This is not something that you're going to pick up on because you just saw it. This is something done deep inside you. And he's given us ways. He's given us instruction. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to keep going. I want this hammered in here, just what is going on. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised to glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are mortal bo- natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. We need to go here. Do you, whenever Christ, whenever he died, and he came back out of Sheol because he walked into hell, right? He walked into hell. Why did he do that? Why He's God right? How did he not have keys or authority to something? Because he is, I am that I am. He's always been. When he thought about making a human family, he's God. He already knew he was going to have to come down here and do it himself. He already knew that it was going to take him giving up his spirit into the hands of the Father so that he could descend into Sheol and he could walk up to the serpent, the one, the crafty one, the one that wants to literally deceive you into death. And he's looking at him like, what are you doing here? Hand him over. Because you're done. You think you still got power on this earth. And if you live by the way that the world wants you to, if you live in the old nature, you're going to think he still has power. Right? Think about this. Why did Adam's eyes open when he ate the fruit? Was he not naked the whole time? Was he Were his eyes closed the whole time he walked with, in the cool of the day with the Lord? No. The spirit of... If God is good and he's the only one who's good and it says that when they disobeyed guess what that holy spirit that thing that my the thing that I created you in my image you've chosen this you disobeyed me you disobeyed me think about this got to cast them out of eden you can't walk with me anymore you chose this. And now all of a sudden we're in the circle of life. We're in the circle of death and rebirth and life, and we see it happening all around us chaos and order, white holes, black holes everywhere you look. But that's the way of this world. That's not God's way. When he came back out of Sheol and he was talking to his disciples, he told them. Jesus told them, and they knew it was him. They were like, you look a little different, but I still see the scars. It's odd that the scars were still there. It's like God wants us to know he's working. He works in our past. He works through our things. And the scars are just a reminder of what he did. He pulled me through. And he says to his disciples, it is so important that I leave you because I need to ascend back to the right hand of the father. And I need you to go to Jerusalem. And I need you to wait and you wait for me and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you. The one that is to guide you, the one that we need. This is this is the one we need to guide us. This is life by the spirit now because this thing is going away. The world's going away. All the things we consume are going away. Everything is going to be shaken. This whole entire thing is going to be thrown into a lake of fire and forgotten. God says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. We need to start living with that in mind. Let's move on to this next thought. It's kind of, um, you can move to peace. Peace is to guard my heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and just get this out to you guys. When we make this confession, we are choosing a life that is no longer here to serve our own needs. It is not here to serve our egos. It is not here to serve anything but the kingdom of God. We have given our lives to him. He wants them completely. And you know what the last thing he said to his disciples to do? Hey, you need to go and you need to start sharing this with everybody. And let's just think about these guys were willing to die for what they did. All of them were sold out to the point that they were willing to go to cities that they knew they would be beaten, they would be martyred, they would, in fact, maybe be killed. Why would anybody walk to those places? Because we have some good news. We have some good news. Peace is to guard my heart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let's go to this first scripture about this because it really is beautiful. Philippians four six through seven. This is cool, man. You guys have heard this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. <laughs> then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand so does that mean you're going to get it you're not going to get this you can't understand this you need to drop this this thing is going to try and steer this the wrong way we have to give our entire body to him then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What is peace? Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Because doesn't the Holy Spirit have fruit? It sure does because, it. guess what? It is from an incorruptible seed. And that incorruptible seed, that thing that's working in your life, we don't see it. We don't hear it. We don't We don't speak it out. If we just go day to day to day, we're going to live in this flesh suit, and we're not going to be aware that, in fact, we are called to a higher standard, a higher way of living, one that this thing is crucified. But, see, we can't do it in our own strength. You're not going to be able to seriously manage your sin. That's not the point. When you see sin in your life, those are doors that we have let open. But, see, peace wants to guard my heart, right? So if I'm going to be guarded by peace, the first thing this says is don't worry about anything. Is anybody worried? Has anybody ever experienced that? Man, you guys are awesome, none of you. <laughs> you guys know I have seven kids, right? You know I'm married. You know I run a tree service. You know stuff breaks every day on me. Do you re- I, don't live, I live a rough and tough life, and praise God, I'm still here because I should have been dead. I'm grateful for what I have. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about it. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And guess what? Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. What's the last thing He's done for you? And guess what? When you're thinking for that one, guess where you go next? To the next one. And guess where from there? And you just start making a trail right back to the time you said, I do. Five years old. I was a five-year-old little boy. I don't know how old I was. I really don't. God will show me more of my past as I get older. I forgot a lot of it. I'm not good with dates. I don't even know what year it is right now. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, I live in heaven. <laughs> I walk around, I got the kingdom of God inside me. I I need to think eternally. Realizing that right now, I'm from the past, headed into the future right now. Hey, guess what? Future just hit. Yeah. Bam, again, again. Keeps going. If peace is going to guard my heart, guess what? I have some easy things I can do. I can thank God. I can thank Him. And you know what? Gratefulness... Ooh, gratefulness, you want a hammer, you want something to really just do some damage, just start thanking God for everything you've got. Even the struggle, the struggle, guys. Because guess what? If you're struggling and you believe, the Father is sifting, He is purifying, He is testing your faith. Are you okay with that? Because it's the Bible. He is purifying you. He is walking you through this process. And we can walk with him hand in hand, but he's given us something, something incredible. Let's go one more scripture on this piece, and, and we'll keep going. we am trying to wrap this up. Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Look, These are you guys want practical things here? This is it. Sounds simple. I just got to like say good things and speak life. Just thank God. Trust Him. Yeah, we're talking to an invisible guy. This isn't crazy. We believe this. This is His Word. The Word became flesh. This is important. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Not your problems sitting in front of your face. Thank Him for what He's done. Thank Him for where you're going. Thank Him that right now, whatever's in front of you is not going to conquer you unless you just want it to. Do you want it to? Because you can let it crush you and you can just keep walking in circles like the Israelites did. But we don't need to do that. We don't have to walk in circles anymore. We don't live in the circle of life because I'm not dying. This, this thing might be in a box somewhere. Don't look at that thing. I'm going to heaven, and I believe he's preparing a place for me, and I'm going to serve him. And I'm going to believe that my Bible says he rewards those who diligently seek him. I'm not looking for money, God. I want what you have, the thing in heaven, the thing that rust and moth doesn't destroy, the thing that is not going away. In fact, it's the thing that when I get there, that's it forever. Let's go to this next thought. This This is... Listen, there's a revelation here for you. There are things we have been given that are simple tools. You got to understand this about Adam opening his eyes. This is crucial. You know, God had a plan. He had a plan the whole time. That's why he looked at, I love this. He looks at your life. He looks at your life. He can see the whole thing, guys. He sees how your life hits a bunch of other people's lives. He sees when you, he sees all the decisions you could make. He's God. You have a free will. He's God. He knows if you're going to choose him. He's a good father, right? But he hated Esau? He hated Esau. Is that rough? Esau wasn't going to pick him. And guess what? If you don't pick him, You're dragging more down with you because misery loves company. And that's deception. That is the serpent at work trying to strike the heel. We crushed them. I'm a co heir, I'm a son of God. I have the kingdom of God inside me. Everywhere I go, the kingdom of God is advanced. I'm like Johnny Appleseed out there. I'm just planting little seeds. And look, this isn't make-believe stuff, man. This is, this is beautiful stuff. You know, you can actually go out in the public and pray. You can walk around the grocery store. What's that guy getting? <laughs> Ramen noodles again, baby. I hang out over here. <laughs> I think I took that from somebody. You can can give people things. When's the last time you just walked up to somebody and said, God bless you. I hope you have the best day you've ever had. I pray angels around you everywhere you go. Are you a believer? Praise God. I just want to encourage you with something. You have the kingdom of God inside you. You're a citizen of heaven. The fire of the Holy Spirit is in you. I'm tired of living any other way. I made my compromises. I'm done with them. I want to live for Him. If I don't guard my senses, peace can't guard my heart. Let's go to the tongue. The tongue. God spoke this thing into existence, friends. And guess what? You got a voice too. This is good stuff, isn't it? Let's go to Proverbs 18. The tongue can bring life or death. (laughs) Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. God, help me. Because I keep going. But you know what pours out of this thing now? The oracles of heaven. Because I believe every time I open my mouth, God is going to use it. I shouldn't believe anything different. You know what? In fact, when I'm up here speaking to you guys, you guys need to be listening. And you know what? Then we need to go and we need to check what I said is even true. That's what the Bible says. You are supposed to listen to these words. And you are supposed to go back to your Bible. And you're supposed to make sure you didn't just get fed a bunch of lies. Because it just takes a little bit of leaven, and you're dunza. we got to guard these things. Let's go one more about the tongue. We could honestly, we could just read all of James 3. James 1, let's... Hmm. Hmm. All right, James 1, we'll go there, sorry. If you claim to be religious but you don't control your tongue, gossip, lies, slander, talking bad about people, speaking death over your life, talking negatively, literally just taking everything you got and saying, where's that serpent at? Where's he at? Here, man. Eat that. Thank you. You think I'm kidding? Think this is, th- that's a funny way to look at it, but this is real. We got people who are Im- have the Holy Spirit inside them living like they're dead asleep I was one of them if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you who's corrupting me? We better watch out, because if you open your eyes in the morning, praise God, his mercies are new. You're breathing. we got to realize we have been given this, and we have to steward it. Let's go to James 3. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. And we could also control ourselves in every other way. This goes on and on. Really, the point here is that your tongue will set the course of your life. Your tongue is a little thing, but it is set on fire by hell. This is the Bible. It's set on fire by hell because it will speak blessings one way and curses the other. Think about this. The word of God is like a sword out of his mouth. Well, why does the serpent have a forked tongue? Because he gives you truth or a lie, God tells you the truth. This is the truth. I don't. All you got to do is have a little lie, and just it's. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, you can just have a little bit of the truth and cover it in a lie. And you are believing something that should not be up here. It should be not be in here. When we speak. We are literally walking into what we have spoken. We're, we're eating what we say. Amen. We are living in the life we have made for ourselves. Amen. Okay? Let's go to the ears. Controlling the ears reaps life. Let's, these, these scriptures, let's just hit them up. Uh, Proverbs 8. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. Let's go on. Romans 10, 17. So faith. I'm sorry. Are you guys writing down right now? I'm sorry. I know I'm going quick here. So faith comes from hearing and hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got it. We can build ourselves up when we thank him for what he's done because we're building our faith up. What are we hearing now? I'm hearing my own voice thank God for what's been done. I'm hearing my own voice be thankful. I'm hearing my own voice speak blessings. You're building yourself up. Second Timothy, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. This word's uncomfortable because the truth is, the the word of God is a double-edged sword. And when the truth comes in, your flesh is not going to like it. Because it means certain death for it. And this thing right here wants an identity. This thing right here wants to be known. This thing right here wants to be in total control of its own life. Not trusting somebody I can't see with it. Let's go on, let's go on to all of them and we're going to hit them all with the eyes. Proverbs two. Obey my command and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Let's go one more, Matthew 6, 22. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness... How deep that darkness is. I want to tell you something beautiful about these, these eyes. Your eyes are a lamp unto your soul, and a lamp shines from the inside out. And who is the king of this thing? Jesus. He is the king of this heart. And when I believe that He is my king, when I step, and live in his ways. If you know, you read through the book of Acts, and when they are talking to people, it says, and it looked them in, they looked in the eyes. He looked at them in his eyes. There's a reason because Christ wants to reveal himself, he wants people to see him. We've been taught to do this. Think about this, man. These are schemes of the enemy. You think this, we just hop, happened along an iPhone? just happened, right? Oh, man, somebody really figured that one out. No, this, these are schemes of the enemy to not even be looking up, to not even be uh, concerned at all with anything but a bunch of nothing, just wasting our time. I mean, I, hours. Ask my wife about me. <laughs> I literally am just like, ah, oh, get me out of it. What am I doing? What am I feeding? Why am I wanting to mindlessly lose myself in something? right he wants to he wants people to see him through you you live like he did on the earth we do the things that he did if our life doesn't look like his life we're not living like he lived it's not hard he was compassionate he was loving he was understanding he gave himself he gave what he didn't even have. He gave all of it. I'm sorry. I know I'm like this is this is great. This is great stuff and I know it's heavy, but it's real. This is the real deal. This is how we live. This is how we go forward. This is how we move. This is what we are meant to do now. Let's go, that's, that's all I got right there. This is good. I'm going to wrap this up. See, when we let things in our ears, when we, when we watch things that we, well, it's not that big a deal, right? It is. Because if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not praying, if you're not seeking Him in your day-to-day, because you've only been given a day, you think you got one the next time we it's his mercies and his grace that allows us to continue going. He is a holy God. He is holy. We have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We have been given a way to guard ourselves. And the way that we guard ourselves is we consume him, the word, prayer. That's why all of these things are so basic. He's not asking you to do these feats that would require years of training. And he chose the foolish to confound the wise. He literally wants the broken ones. He wants the desperate ones. He wants the people who are willing to say, you know what? I've seen what the world has to offer and what you have is so much better and I want all of it. So I'm willing to give you my mouth. I'm willing to give you my eyes as a sacrifice. I don't care if you want to look at it. What if you chose to not look at it? What if you chose to sacrifice that pleasure that you receive and just say, I'm not looking. I'm not listening. I'm not going to feed myself a bunch of junk Music, television, news, I'm telling you, if you think any of that stuff's giving you life, it's not. You want life, it is the Word of God. Anything else, you're feeding the serpent, you're feeding the wrong seed. We walk around in this thing like it's going to be here forever. No. And there are people who are dying and they will not know the reconciliation Because we are too comfortable with this. This all works together. We guard our senses, and the way we guard them is by filling it with hearing the word, talking to brothers, calling people, encouraging each other. Think about this. This is stuff we don't really do. It's always like we're so busy, but to really reach out to people who can encourage you in truth, who can sharpen you, right? If, if iron sharpens iron, that is beautiful. But we have to be able to be sharpened. We have to be mature and realize we are walking this thing out. And Christ has given us the Holy Spirit to walk it out with him. And think about it. Think about this with with me. We'll go back to the garden. All of a sudden, he's in his body. Adam's like, why am I naked? I'm running, I'm afraid. And then you fast forward, right? And you go to Acts. And here it is, this prophetic word that is spoken through the Bible, through the Old Testament. You have this prophecy that God is going to... To reconcile the tribes. He's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. He's going to inscribe his word on the tablet of our hearts. Isn't that great? You know, your senses, when they're not being guarded, guess what? All this stuff you get in your eyes, in your ears, the things you tell out of your mouth, the things you eat, all these things, when you meditate on them, they're going right in here. Remember? We're responsible for this soil. We are responsible for when we come in and we hear truth, when we come in and hear the word, we should make sure that our hearts, the condition of them, are good. If they're bitter and unforgiving and wrecked with shame, you are living in the old man, the old nature, the one that needs to be crucified. He guides us with the Holy Spirit into all truth. you, Lord. three years ago I started a tree service I was a full time I worked full time for a power company I was a lineman and I had been praying for years that God would make a way for me to do this because I love climbing trees and cutting them I just loved it I fell out of a tree a year ago I still love it (laughs) probably need to find something new to do Three years ago, God told me it was time. The way I knew is because I told, and you know, I'm not even saying this is the right way to go, but I just said, Lord, if, if I'm going to go, I really want my wife to be in peace because I don't want strife over this. And that took years of praying that this would happen. It was just, I didn't, even, I, I didn't know when it would happen. And so I'm working full time, cutting trees on the weekend, wanting to start my own business. And one day I was just driving and I knew. This is, a, it's time. Well, me and my wife had a date night that night. And oddly enough, you know, one we get like one date night a year. <laughs> you know, and even then it's like, oh, by the time we get out of the house, like, you just want to stay and hire them. Me too. And I was sitting across from her and I told her, I think it's time. And she just burst into tears. And I'm like, you know what, maybe it's not time. <laughs> You know, I'm good. We're good. You know, it's time for dinner. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, that this day, the same day, she had been talking with a friend who encouraged her in the Lord, in faith. This, this person is a, a great friend of ours. And my wife and kind of came around to this like, maybe I just need to believe. So her tears were tears of, wow, you must be right because I'm ready too. She wasn't really ready, but she knew. <laughs> we both weren't ready. we am still not ready. <laughs> Those three years, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I started running that thing because I had something to prove. This is my tree service now. I've left my full-time job, all my benefits, everything on a word from the Lord. I left in faith. But, man, I started running that thing, and the day-to-day just started getting me. Things breaking, things tearing apart, jobs not going right, jobs going longer than they should have. I'm talking just a beat down. Bada, 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 My prayer time was like nothing. My Bible time, nothing where I used to go 45 minutes to work, 45 minutes back praying tongues the whole time, God's giving me visions and words. <laughs> but here I am. And I ran this thing and I was proud. This is my thing. I built this thing. <laughs> Foolish. And the longer you go without reading your bible, you just start letting little things come back in, little foxes that at once you would have you would have said, "No, nah, you get out of here." But now it's like, "What's it matter?" Today's going to be rough anyways It's like I just accepted that There is this battle That has to just happen all the time And I just fight it And I'll do good sometimes And not so good the others And I'm just running a roller coaster That's all I'm doing And I'm telling you what I just got to where sin Didn't convict my heart the way it should I didn't love people The way I should love them. Do you know the Bible says that if you don't love people, that you don't know the Father? Love people, not people you like, not people you think you like, everyone. Look, I said terrible things. But I'll tell you one thing I did not lose. Every time something went wrong, every time, even if I blew up in the moment. Can you, can you guys believe I might yell? <laughs> I blew up. I'll tell you right where I settled, on the rock of my confession. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I, there, was one part, there was one time we needed a part that literally was nowhere in existence. I called David Stone. He had one at his shop. <laughs> he actually had the whole chipper. Any part I needed. God was with me that whole time. Even when I was far from him, I had turned my heart from him. I had made it to where pride of life was running this thing. I got this, baby. I'm going to make everybody else proud and let them see all the great things I've done. And then I fall out of a tree. I was broken. A year ago, 40 foot, I should be dead. I didn't even have surgery. Because my God is with me, and it is by His grace and His mercy that I am even breathing up here today telling you guys this truth. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me two months ago. I fell to my knees in my shop, and I just said, Take it. It's yours. It's not mine. I've done everything I can do. I'm fighting. You said the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You said I would not be forsaken. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what you have in store for me. When I fell to my knees, I felt the fire of the Holy Spirit fill me again. I felt the wickering, the smoldering wick of my heart that I had let get to that point because I was not listening. I wasn't tuning my ears. I wasn't feeding my eyes. I was not speaking truth until I had. it was the last thing I knew to do. But my confession, it started there. It stayed there. He's with you right now. And whatever he did for me, he can do it for you. He wants his bride awakened. He wants the fire back inside of us. He wants us to get over ourselves. He actually wants you to remember something. It isn't about you. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with for what he has done for us. And there are people out there, and we need to believe this, there are people out there who don't. And they don't because we aren't out there. We're waiting for God to do something. God's saying, do you even believe I'm coming back? You don't live like it. We don't. Because we've been duped. We thought that this was it. This isn't it. This is going away. This world is going away. The Spirit of God is the only way. The the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the prayer language that He gives you, will connect you, will help you, will empower you. And if you do not have a prayer language, I'm telling you, tonight you can have your prayer language if you would but believe. If you would, please stand up for me because I'm telling you, if you do not have this fire... I want to lay hands on you, and I want to believe you'll get it. And I want you to have your faith in the right place. Know this. Think about this. We have to think more about this. Why would he give me a language? Why would he baptize me in fire? Why would he give me a prayer language? Shonda Do you know how much faith that is, to believe somebody's using your mouth? When you give him every instrument, he is just and faithful. He wants, he, he doesn't need us, he wants us. He wants to use us, he wants us to fulfill our destiny in him. I just say this, if you, if this is something that you want, if you want this fire inside you, if you want to surrender to him, I say put your hands up in the air and just pray this with me. And those of you who are already filled with the spirit, I pray that you would just pray in tongues right now and you would start lifting up praises. When we open our mouth and we start moving it and we believe that God's going to use it, He will give you a prayer language. He will baptize you in fire. I just pray, Father, that anybody here who's willing to receive, I pray, Father, that you would fill their mouth with a prayer language, God, that you would, the Holy Spirit would invigorate them and fire them up, that, Lord God, if there are smoldering wicks in here, I just thank you that scales are falling from people's eyes, and that, Lord Jesus, you are, in fact, reigniting things, and even if it doesn't happen today, I believe, Father, that in the wake of what is spoken over these next weeks, that there will be revelation into just what you have given us so that we can walk in this earth as citizens and we can live by the Spirit, this new incorruptible seed that is giving life all the time and not liable to corruption. I pray, Lord God, fill the mouths of those that are just wondering, sitting there moving their tongue if you have shame on you tonight throw it down it's not your identity you're shameful over the things that the potter has made straight Father I pray that you would be known you would be revealed that Lord Jesus you would ignite the flame within us that we would be encouraged tonight to step out beyond the boundaries of what we have this body but God that we would step into the new life you've given us and that father we would be bold and courageous that we would be unashamed of the gospel and the good news and that we would share it with the people that you love God in Jesus name if you want